Who's this? Can you hear me? Are you talking to me? Uh-huh. It's Amen. <laughs> well, Ira just got on and said he has a conflict tonight. So I guess we're not doing tonight, or we've got to do it without him. So he says he can come on Monday. <laughs> I got people saying they're listening, so Ahmed, would you like to help me tonight? <laughs> Amazing. I don't know. I guess we're going to talk about longevity and consciousness and spirit. Last night was a good show. You know, it was pretty pretty good, but, uh, you know, there's people out there that are probably excited about consciousness. And, you know, I, I don't know if you and I can carry this show. But, uh, you know, what I understand, it's like putting on a record player, and you put if all the equipment's there, you can play the music, right, and hear the music. And we're supposed to be particles and waves. So I guess we could start something like that, because, you know, they can't find where really our consciousness is, although uh, I've been listening a lot to uh, a gentleman named... Uh, 
Stuart Hameroff. Have you seen his stuff on YouTube about consciousness? No, I have He's an anesthesiologist. Uh, I, watched, I watched a couple of videos for uh, Ira today. Which I didn't have oh, you did? Oh, yeah. Nice. Well, I guess he'll come back Monday. Uh, I just told him over there on Skype because I didn't find it till just now. It's like, ah, it's not here, you know, where you live in Skype land, right? So I said, okay, Monday's fine. Uh, this is Ira S. Pastor, folks. He's a, a great person. He says, running into a major conflict, can I do the Monday show instead? So I said, okay, you can call in number. So that's where we are, folks. Ira S. Pastor will be back with us Monday. And uh, this is a mad painter. And a mad painter has been my producer for several years over on Revolution Radio. So I guess... Uh, a mad painter, why don't you introduce yourself as a producer and artist and poet, don't know it, and all of that, so uh, you can help me carry the show on Spreaker and on YouTube tonight. <laughs> I'm, I'm just a, a, an old old hippie talk show host, producer, uh, I'm an artist, uh, anything creative I like to get my fingers involved in, anything to yeah. raise conscious love. Well, uh You've got a couple of books out there. Well, tell them about your books and your artwork, because your artwork's cool. You know, you do some real out-of-this-world. Yeah, I like doing art. Uh, uh, It's creative, anything creative. I think creativity is what's really spawned our uh, our rise in uh, uh, evolution, if you believe in evolution, I, I don't know, expanded of our consciousness. Without art, we would still be, you know, banging uh, uh, bones against rocks, you know. <laughs> huh. Well, we've always had we music are. to heal ourselves, yeah. Uh, well, I've been talking to Herb six, Anthony. Drum. Go ahead. First, first music, first music was drum, beat, beating something against something else. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that before they blew into something they I beat on something. I don't know that either. I, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, it makes sense, it I guess. That would stand a reason to me anyways. <laughs> you sure we didn't use our voice first going, ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> well, not, well, that isn't that really a musical <laughs> instrument, though, you know. <laughs> Your vocal cords. Okay, well. We're not starting off at a very high level of consciousness about consciousness well, and longevity. Well, to get to where we are, you have to know where we've been, you know? Well, that's a good point. Well, Our ancestors believed music had the power to harmonize one's soul. So they well, use that, but they say in traditional medicine. <laughs> yeah, we're all it about all that. that. Particles and waves. Right <laughs> well... Uh, Ira, I guess, folks, with BioCork, that's what he named his company, his chief executive officer. We had put him on, and a mad painter who said like on on my page. And uh, really, until just a few minutes, but he said he had all of a sudden a conflict for tonight. So it is Friday night, and he is a younger man. He has a family. So, um, you know, we can do this. He's been on before a couple of times, but I really wanted to talk to him about certain things in consciousness. And Janet's doing another show uh, let's see. You're not having to produce her tonight on Friday. She must do it herself. No, I, I, yeah, it's Friday. I got 
Fridays off. Uh, well, I, I mainly do Saturdays, Sundays, Mondays, and Tuesdays at Revolution Radio. Oh, okay. Well, folks, uh, Mad Painter, he has Sunday, uh, which is, uh, tell him the name of that show in Revolution, at least. Uh, Mad we'll Look about at Reality. A mad look at reality, and he really does, and he has a lot of people show up, and he does a lot of panel discussions. Do you still use the format where you talk about something that you've done for the week or thought of and then let people well, talk uh, about it? For, for the first hour of the show, I play a video on some subject, try to set a, a standard for what we talk about, and for the next three hours, we change subjects faster than a coon dog on a hunt. So you have a four-hour show on Sunday, my goodness. Right. So anybody can sh- uh, show up in that show. Uh, that's Revolution. Yeah, it's a call-in show. I don't turn, I don't turn anybody away. They can call in, and we talk about just about any subject. I mean, if you want to talk about the color of the hairy that you, your mohawk on your dog is, we'll we'll do it. Yeah, and I've actually showed up a few times and had a good time on your show and enjoyed the topics and you, and they jump around more than I do so. Uh, we'll just put here for tonight, Monday night, then, that uh, it's going to be a mad painter, which is also n- known as Thomas Becker. And I guess I'm one of the things I've used, I'm sort of rusty. I used to be pretty good on my feet. A mad painter and Teresa J. Morris uh, will cover. I'm going to put this in the description for tonight. We'll cover, and uh, Ira will be here. Monday night. All right, so I'll put that in this description just now, folks. Uh, Monday night, but I we'll have talk. A at, Monday night, I have what? a show at ten o'clock at, on Revolution Radio, which is called Open Canvas, and my guest this week is going to be uh, uh, Jim Will, Will uh, Jim Williamson, and we're going to talk about Hollow Earth and the Bible. Interesting, Hollow Earth. And, you know, that's a topic all to itself, but uh, yeah, there's so much to talk about in our lives, consciousness, and spirit science. And uh, I like to think we're metaphysicians, and uh, I guess it's whatever we do with our consciousness that makes us harmonize with each other. Everybody has their own instrument. And uh, Ahmed, yours does a lot of things, uh, very talented, and... How long have you and I known each other? Since about 2013? Uh, five or six years now. I'm really not sure. <laughs> yep. I don't measure time too too well. I'm lucky to make it make my show each week. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I'm well, not on a time <laughs> schedule, uh, except for my for the shows, you know. Uh, the rest of the time, I'm I, I don't I, I work at my own pace. Uh, if I want to work, I go work. If I don't want to work, I don't work. If I want to go to sleep, I go to sleep. I, I just don't have any you know set time pattern. I guess I'm sort of the same way now, actually. So semi-retired. Uh, my kids are keeping me busy, and Janet's the one that like keeps me busy doing radio shows with her because she likes me to do them. Over here, but she's been doing pretty good with you, and uh, for how many years now? So, I know we did start in 2012 over here, oh, yeah, yeah. but she, uh, her, her and Sasha do you know two shows a week here at the station, which is pretty awesome. 
Are they on Sunday or when when do they do a show? They're they're on Sundays and Tuesdays at eight o'clock Eastern Standard each week. Okay. Normally I talk to her every day and Ken normally folks Ken R. Johnston does one on Friday nights with us for the Allied Command and we talk about uh just getting out in space with people and uh consciousness has a lot to do with all of us. There is a critical mass consciousness. We each have our own path to discover and we allegedly use the word ascension for a higher calling or getting making order out of disorder, getting ourselves straight and focused to get from point A to point B and uh I guess most world religions say we're going to uh a higher place, we call it ascension to heaven <laughs> or into another world and uh, tonight we can talk about just about anything since Ira's not going to be here but I don't know where where are we inside our human body and we're not just in our brain and Mab you know I can talk about anything and so can you but I, I, I would sort of like to talk about our consciousness because when I got sick I, I, as a kid I believe, it, I believe our <clears throat> consciousness dwells in several uh, dimensions at the same time. I don't believe it's just in this particular reality that we're sharing right now. So you believe in bilocation? It, trans- it transcends uh, one dimension. Or what okay, we call three dimensions. This is a three-dimensional reality. I think it transcends that. I do too, but I don't know how to explain it. So this is this is the... Uh... <laughs> The point where we learn to communicate it, it, it with each other. It's hard to explain. It, it well, convince me. I mean, <laughs> it, it's more a, a feeling than it is, and a knowing than it is a uh, tangible thing you can put down to science. Uh, what we do know is that at death, that we lose like three and a half, four grams of weight, and that's probably our consciousness, our spirit, leaving uh, this reality. Well, That's scientific proof, you know, that there's something other than just this realm. That's what I've always heard and then studied in books and then seen it in films and documentaries. Uh, I guess until we die, we really don't know. But at the same time, having an out-of-body and near-death experiences like I have, I know that I was outside my body. And it was just like traveling at night going, and I do a lot of that at night, out-of-body but, folks, consciousness, a state of quality or awareness of being aware of an external object or something within oneself. So, basically, we've learned about the inner I and the inner we, or the inner self, and how we feel it inside. And when I was a little girl, and I came close to dying several times, I'm very much an uh, in and out of body person. I guess it gave me a the ability to know how to do that, but the state of being awake and aware of one's surroundings when we can see. What about the blind people that can't see? And I wonder about that sometimes because when I was sick and I was a little girl, uh, about third grade, fourth grade, I'd already had hepatitis the year before, and 
in the second grade, and the next summer I got really sick, and I sunk back in my head. I remember my room where I was and the windows outside my Aunt Dorothy and mother standing up over me, and I was to a point where I was delirious, and you know had, they had put towels down. I couldn't go to the bathroom. I couldn't get up. But I remember feeling trapped in my brain, I'm at, and seeing all the different parts, just like a brain looks, you know, when uh, someone holds a brain in their hand and they got all those loops. My consciousness sunk down below that, and I didn't realize that till probably 2014 when my husband and I were going to a, a person, spokesperson that was helping me after I, or, well, sometime between 2003 when I had my accident to 2014. But he told me that it sounded like I, I had sunk down inside my brain. But he said, but I've never heard anybody say that. I don't know that that's possible. It sounds to me like you were you were looking out from your piano gland. Piano gland, yeah, I would pronounce it. Pineal, yeah. Well, pineal. And it depends on who connection. pronounces it. Yeah, that's your connection to the etheric world, the other dimensions. Well, I mean, that's where we're, I mean, it's the all-seeing eye. The pineal eye, pineal gland. Uh, that is said to be part of the ventricle of the brain. But uh, it says that, that, yeah, that's pretty important uh, that they discovered that part of the brain. Now, we say consciousness is just a state of awareness, but we can also see things on the outside of us and on the inside. So we talk about the two parts of us, the outside and the inside, and we know we can feel, touch, touch taste, smell, all of that on the uh, body with our uh, senses. But what about feeling who you are? We do that, but how do you explain that, Matt? There's you on the inside, and then you observe everything on the outside. But the why and the what and the how of consciousness. Well, that's us being able to uh, transcend this one particular reality and intermingle with the other realities, the other dimensions. That, that's what I was saying earlier, that we're, we are multidimensional beings. Our soul, our, our essence, our... what. It, it, we're we're calling it consciousness uh, because that's what science calls it. But with people like me and you, we we know it as our spirit, our soul. Well, if consciousness is everything we experience, is it nature for us to experience things? And what is it when we get like a tune stuck in our head or? Uh, a throbbing toothache is that that's an experience right but they're different music in our head we hear but you know a lot of times I hear things but you you don't want to be sound like you're nuts but sometimes we have an inner knowing or an inner thought is that us or is that from somewhere else or do you think it's both our higher self do you have a running dialogue in your head all the time uh not really. Uh, my thoughts come and go. How about you? No, I've got a running dialogue in my head constantly of my own voice. Huh. I've never heard that said. Okay, wow, this is going to be interesting. An well, excitable type one. of consciousness. I've talked, other people. I've, I've talked to other people who have the same same thing. And uh, when when I'm not speaking... 
my thoughts are running. Right, there, there's a, you know, it's my own voice. You know, it's not like it's somebody else or, or something. It's my own thought pattern. But, but I also think on two different levels at the same time. I, I, uh, some of the other people I've talked to do too. Wow, which is, this is you know heavy. A lot of people don't, you know. No, I, I mean, I, well, I'm trying to think now. I'm trying to uh, concentrate because uh, when I listen to you, and they they say there's a three second, roughly, or three part, parts sex of a second. Anyway, by the time we're talking, it's already we're not thinking anymore. So I don't really get that. That's why I need to study more of how it, that, the mechanism really works. But in other words, when you hear me, it's already happened in my brain. Then I speak it, and then you hear it, right? <laughs> in three yeah, it's parts. No longer, it's no longer the now, it's the past. <laughs> yeah. So, right, in between... I don't have a continual stator chatter in the back of my head. I have quiet spots, but I, I can also I could always twirl machetes or twirl batons or play a piano or do multitasking, tasking, and had people come in from Japan when I was running a corporation and you know had a lot of investors to watch me do multitasking. <laughs> you you have that then you have this this uh, uh, ability that I'm talking about that where you you're able to. Uh, do certain things. Uh, you're you're doing it automatically, but it's there. You just don't. You're not aware of it. I'm I'm literally aware of it at all times. That's well, just, that's the only difference. Yeah, they say we have various levels of energy or particles. We're particles and waves, well, see, basically. This that's that that's that more than one dimension aspect of our souls well let's see now you know you, in you can uh, tune in medical you can, you can tune into this to to this other aspect of your soul with practice anybody can uh it's it's well, like, that's being, like a lot of people am, channeling it's like ambidextrous. Being ambidextrous you know left-handed right-handed you can do the same thing well so, freud so we divided are, consciousness into three levels we're doable. We're what? what? Dual. Well, well, <laughs> I said reality. We're... Yeah. You Go know, ahead. The, the the human part of us is is dual. Now our our soul is multi-dimensional. It could be you know, you could be living thirty lives at the same time and don't even know it. That would be amazing. I've never thought like that. I felt like my reincarnation self or past lives are on a linear timeline in a moment in the past, but they say everything's happening in the level of consciousness that's the now. But, you know, let's talk about that because Freud said that in the human consciousness we had the awareness and then we had pre-consciousness and unconscious. And the unconscious are the things that are outside of conscious awareness, including memories, thoughts, and urges. They were not aware of, sort of like you know, you've seen, like uh, what was the ice uh, Titanic? There, there's a huge under the water type of uh, iceberg. We only see the tip of the iceberg, but yeah, when we say beta alpha theta, yes. So they well, use so that's that. The same way our soul with it. 
that, that's the same way our soul is. We're only, you know, here in this reality, we're only a, a segment of it. It's only a piece of what our soul actually is. Well, how many levels do you think there are? Because this uh, anesthesiologist, uh, uh, Stuart Hamroff, is really good at, at breaking down the tubules in the uh, uh, higher consciousness versus lower. But uh, he he's studied it 45 years. But, uh, you know, he puts people to sleep. And with the third wave, it's like tau. But uh, people say there's six levels. Now, I guess it depends on what you read and what you want to do as far as accept the words and the behavior of each person. But uh, basically, we're walking around in beta. It sounds funny because they named them beta alpha, theta, delta, gamma. And, you know, they have gamma waves. You know, x-rays, gamma waves, or the mighty EEGs. But uh, I don't know. I guess we're going to have to get conscious on the how we discuss the different levels. And are we discussing medically, or metaphysically, or you know how, how we just create ourselves? How do we tone yeah. tune in higher levels Med- and lower levels? Medically, I think stretches it out too too far. It just isn't uh, how. It, it tries to explain consciousness in this reality and not consciousness in a spiritual manner. Well, that's yeah. They, they that's want to break a, it down to chemicals, chemicals and uh, reactions uh, and uh, uh, actions, and, and I don't think it's that simple. Well, it's it's more simple than what they actually. Actually, I think I think it's just that we're etheric. You know, we're more than we're multidimensional. So you think we're more than the physical body and the energy? Like they're trying oh, to say, uh, you know, that thoughts are ten to the sixteenth power. But uh, this guy Stewart, uh, and and we can have uh, Ira talk about more of that. He understands uh, a lot of his work in the biology department of the medical and the physical and anesthesia and putting the brain to sleep, but. You know, with you and me, we can just talk about what we feel in order to be us, uh, firsthand experiencing higher consciousness. But so you feel dimensionally, I, I guess we're going to have to talk about different things and different metaphysically speaking versus science. But, you know, metaphysics is like a pseudoscience, pseudo, because they they go into the metaphysical when they can't really say it's, Science, but I don't believe that either because cosmos is everything, and we're talking about consciousness. But depending on what school or what uh, you know, like what are you referring to? Everything's subjective, so it's important to know yourself and the I and the we. <laughs> so I, you, he, she, it, we, you, they, right? I, you, he, she, it, we, you, they. That's what we learn as pronouns, I guess one might say, of how we describe ourselves. But in the medical field, they do beta, alpha, theta, delta, gamma, sigma, tau waves. And he talks about uh, putting people to sleep. And we have to have, there's at least, I think they have the six waves. And that's what you're talking about, right? They break it down and show it on a, on the screen of the different waves. And they can claim you brain dead, right? But so well, do you it's different. When they, when, when they actually give you uh, anesthesia, what they're doing is they're taking you to a place that they call euphoria, which means you're one step above death. 
brain dead. Well, we're not vegetables, but they'll pull the plug on you if you get to a certain understanding brain death, I guess. Right, but that doesn't mean uh, you're really dead. Life after brain death, are we still alive? I know that I was out of body, but then apparently they they call my they say my OBE was an near NDE near death experience, right? Can you be dead and here? Because I know you can. You can be deeply unconscious. But I'm talking from my firsthand experiences, right? How I was because it's, I still had memories. Science to, it's beyond science's ability to explain that type of situation. You, well, you reach a point your in brain science dead. where it says you're dead, mm-hmm. you know, but your body's still working. Your consciousness may be off running around in the universe for a little while, you know. But they would consider you dead. They would consider you brain dead. Well, I wonder how they truly know unless they use they put the saying their waves aren't there. Have you ever I've never seen them pull the plug on anybody, but I'm sure people listening could testify that, you know, I guess their eyes are open. There's no light going into their brain through their eyes. They don't blink. If you know that you can touch the cornea, they you know their head's not moving. Uh, I guess a lot of people die unconscious, so they probably have the uh, lids down over their eyes. So brain stem death may be different, but brain death and consciousness. I guess we're going to have to go into the medical to figure out all this because people well, have to be confirmed dead. Been, in, been, been considered brain dead in in comas for years and then come back. Well, don't they lose the capacity to breathe on their own? Uh, this is deep, but well, you know, it's be, getting down to are we a machine? Yeah, well, a machine can me. breathe and bring oxygen into your lungs and in into your bloodstream your and actually, still... Your body yeah. is actually a machine. It's an organic machine. Well, they say that we're brain dead when the stem functions lost. The brain stem, like, you know, like on a motorcycle accident or something. So your heart can still be beating, right? When you lose the ability to, you you have certain things in your subconscious that you don't have to think about. You don't have to think your heart to beat every, every, you know, so many times a minute. You don't have to think of breathing. You you automatically breathe. These things are autonomous uh, actions, not conscious actions. Well, subconsciously, we have a central nervous system, right, in our spinal column, and it, our normal line, response. I mean, I mean that, that would well, be considered dead. Yeah. So if we're, well, what about a vegetative state? If you're a vegetable, you've had brain damage, but uh, you can have brain damage and still some form of consciousness. Uh, this is so complicated to talk about, but, you know, we've got to sort of jump around the board here, folks. It is because, you know, when you're – my daughter's got leukemia right now, and they're giving her, like, zero chance to live, and I'm having to live with death daily. She's got 100% uh, cancer in her bones now. Her body's not making platelets, red cells, white cells, and basically they're writing her off now because they don't even want to keep giving her platelets because she's so far gone. But she's walking, talking like anybody you wouldn't even know. That has nothing to do with her consciousness and her spirit. 
That has to do no, with No, she's walking, a, talking, uh, blah, blah, blah. Her body's just starting to shut down. But it's her body. The only way they know which is, is, the is her physical. Not, yeah, which is the physical, not the organic part, not the etheric part of her soul or her consciousness. So basically we could both agree that your physical is not necessarily your consciousness. Your body it, is it, not. It, your brain stem. Well, but we have a brain stem, but it's not necessarily our consciousness in it. So I guess could we agree that your spirit is part of your soul that goes back to your oversoul or a bigger part of you somewhere else, maybe? I think it's I the same know. thing myself. Spirit I, I, soul, I, I, the energy. I, I hear people say that. That there is a spirit, and then you got a soul. I think, personally, I think they're pretty much the same thing. I mean, without one, you can't have the other. In this reality, well, that's that needs to be looked at and talked about too, because people interchange. And you remember Tommy Hawksblood? He he could talk for hours on the spirit and soul and the difference. But what's the difference? And in Hebrews, it says, "For the word of God is living and powerful." And sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow. So somebody somewhere cared to look at that and write it down and put it in the Bible. Right. <laughs> somebody well, was thinking now, pretty you, deep. You know, you can have. Now you, you can. You, you, I, I, there's a division there, to a certain extent, because you can. You know, you, you can have a certain. Uh, uh, wow, how would I put it? You, well, you what's can, the difference between you your soul passion. and your spirit? You can have passion for certain things, which a lot of people would call spirit. You know, but it's your, your soul is what's controlling it. Well, if you believe in the Bible and Adam, of course, you know, folks, we can go back to the deluge and all the ancient religions and all that. But I was raised in America, and I was raised Christian, so I pretty much follow that. Uh, I don't know if you'd say cultural division or cultural acceptance. But anyway, you know, a lot of us are conditional, as situational. And let's just say that, you know, for sake of argument, that I study all world religions, and I consider myself a universal life minister. But I also consider myself a metaphysician, and I'm open to all possibilities through the soul, through my senses and feelings, and I'm in contact with other people outside of me. But according to my soul, it's always there. I don't know how to be me without my soul, but through spirit, it says we're in contact with an oversoul or God, our, our, ourself, our you know, according to my understanding, and we're here on earth in a body. And we need one while we're down here on the planet. But your soul can come and go, and your spirit's filled with, uh, I guess, everything that we experience, it gets recorded somewhere. So I guess, do we say that in our pineal glands, our limbic system, or everything in our nervous system? Because it's very hard to feel without a nervous system. So we gotta we got to decide, I guess... I'm mad. We need to figure out, are we both soul and spirit, or are they the same thing? Being spiritually minded, and you do, you're right. What you're talking about, like people talk about their spirit. How did you sense that? You're sensing, your sixth sense. Get behind me, Satan, so to speak. Like you can feel something bad, feelings, emotions, thoughts. Are those part of our soul? 
spirit, body, it's soul. It's part of our transcending of this reality that is, you know, that, like I said, it's our soul because we're more than one dimension at, at the same time. And you know, the emotions, some, sometimes feelings, some people are thoughts. Yeah, they're in tune. They're in tune with it where they can actually pluck out these little pieces of intuition from it. Because it, it, that has to do with once you leave this reality, time doesn't exist. Time, space, and gravity out there because gravity is based on something you're located close to if it's in on the on the waves out there and what they call the matter, dark matter, antimatter, and all that. But, you know, they say the nothingness and the void out there, but is there really? Because there's finding the particles and waves, and now in quantum mechanics, uh, we think to the 10th to the 27th with the tubules, according again to uh, this anesthesiologist, Stuart Hameroff. But they, uh, when you think like the guy that works for Google, what was his name with the singularity? Uh, uh, we talked not Elon. Uh, the other guy, Creswell. What was? How do you say his name? Carswell. Well, let me just look Carswell, up singularity. Yeah. Singularity. Uh, his Ray Kurzweil, but he works for Google now. You know, and uh, he he's I think that. It seems like he was on Ed Sullivan when I was a kid or something, but he was really into computers, wasn't he? Uh, anyway, Red Carswell is used for the Singularity Hub, and they say that somewhere they thought that because the computer could do 10 to the 16th, that that was where they had the brain was only working at 10 to the 16th power, I guess. 10 times, you know, 16 times 16 times, and you'd come up with equal to, I guess, how many billion neurons are in the brain or something. But this guy, Stuart uh, Hameroff, says, nay, nay, once you, if you've studied the tubules like he has for 45 years and putting people to sleep, it's 10 to the 27th. So now that's a big argument in uh, science, is when does a computer become a human? Or think like a human brain. I know you and I have talked about that, but not in depth. You know, I mean, when does you can take all this money and take a brain of a human and stick it into a computer? And some people believe that, and some of them are doing cryogenics and freezing their head <laughs> because they think their soul and well, their thought, yeah, I guess, they, is in their head. Yeah, they're, uh, they're they do believe that they're able to uh, now are able to download your consciousness into a machine. And uh, I am don't... Do you think that? I, I'm not really we're talking sure about, about that now. Yeah, I don't, I'm not... Even, because consciousness, like, when you play the television, you have to have the television, which I guess you could say like a body, because I grew up in the 50s, 60s, and television was the big thing. But you, you'd see the little people in the screen, but you knew that was not little people in the screen but the electricity that came but how does it make the people how does it make the i still don't get it and then the same thing with music when you take a needle and stick it on a um, folks i'm old okay i'm 67 you put it on a record you know vinyl record and you'd watch it go around but outside the speaker would come the the music but where's the music it's not on the record or is it you know it's in the magnetic yeah it's in the magnetics and it's the same thing with television. It's, it has to do with, uh, you know, the, uh, where where the uh, photons are put on the tube. You know, where where they how do they uh, stay electrified? 
do what? Well, that's sort of like they the consciousness, they right? Your screen. your screen actually has got a, a flicker rate, and they, they change. They're constantly changing on, on a television. Well, with singularity and Ray Kurzweil and one-dimensional black hole, you know, that puts a huge mass of uh, space in one dimension, but it's still there. But we don't really break down everything or we because we haven't been to one. So we use, philosophically speaking, even science, you know, that a gravitational singularity is hidden with a black hole or a nothingness, a void that goes in. We don't know the bottom or do we? So all this is really specula- speculation, but we talk about it like it's three-dimensional, hard, uh, what do we call it, tangible, you know, like uh, we can see things. So we can't really see our spirit. What's that about? And we can't see the music on the vinyl, and we can't see the little people in the... <laughs> so you're saying it's we go back to particles and waves, if everything, even our consciousness, oh, oh, yeah. right? It all boils down to that in the, in the long run, uh, including your television and your record like you were talking about. It, 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 it all boils down to what wave is left on the, on the uh, record. What what magnetic field is left there, and, and it transfers that particular wave back into a sound wave that you hear. I guess that's why we're blessed with ears, so we can hear. <laughs> but consciously, you know, we're trying to figure out what are we with our spirit and soul, and does it verse it, or is it? It's a we're going in a variety of types of topics here, folks, but. You know, going in a circle and find out where are we and what part of us can they put to sleep. And those are certain waves. They call them the tau, I believe. So uh, let me see if I can look up uh, this well, guy's name. I think when, they, Go when ahead. they bring you down to that level of, uh, of uh, euphoria, what they're actually doing is they're blocking your uh, spirit or your soul from accessing this reality. You think so? That's interesting how you say well, that. Quantum that consciousness. Would, that, would, that would stop you from feeling pain so they can operate on you. Yeah, I've had it done many times. It's sort of spooky. You know you come out so, of it so and you're missing some playing. time, but you don't know how much time. <laughs> yeah, they're actually playing with your soul, in my opinion. Whoa, seriously? Really? Well, let's see. Stuart Stimmer, Hammeroff. Think about it. Think about Think about it because it's it's your it's your Whoa. spirit or your your consciousness or your soul that's feeling what your organic body is is interpreting from the you know the input it's getting you know like getting cut. Well, get this, Stuart Hammer off the guy. Uh huh. If that's blocked, you're not feeling the pain. You're not feeling the wavelength or the energy that. Is you, even though you're inside, like it's like the person you're driving the car. You're cut off from the body. Right. You know Stuart Hamroff I'm talking about. He was born July 16th, 1947, Roswell, New Mexico, CIA, uh, uh, Gus, Galaxy Universal shuttles, the ETs, UFOs. That in 1947, he came along. 
He's an anesthesiologist, and he's a professor at the University of Arizona. And I want to go to his convention he has uh, in Tucson every other year, but he's just crossed my radar this year, folks, in 2019, while I'm trying to find out how uh, to speak about the various levels that I exist in or believe I exist in, the studies of consciousness. But uh, he has quantum states in neural microtubules. I'm going to spell that for you, M-I-C-R-O-T-U-B-U-L-E-S, and that they're responsible for the emergence of our consciousness. So he's a lead organizer of the Science of Consciousness Conference. Okay, and we're, this is a mad painter, Thomas Becker, and myself, Teresa J. Morris. I go by T.J. Morris. Who only has opinions on the subject. <laughs> we only have opinions, but we have one. So because we own one, uh, I think we're conscious. I'm not sure. <laughs> we can form our own hypothesis. How's that? At the, you know, how we uh, – he went into cancer-related research, which interests me because my daughter has leukemia and dying right now. As we speak, we're all dying. But, uh, you know, his interest was in the, the uh, cell division of microtubules. And that led him to study as an anesthesiologist. But uh, he's very well known now. And uh, from Hamroff, he he read a book, uh, The Emperor's New Mind. And uh, Roger Penrose, very famous mathematician, uh, published uh, the book on consciousness, The Emperor's New Mind, in '89. So he has teamed up, let's see, uh, Godel's incompleteness theorems. He argued that the brain could perform functions that no computer system or algorithm could, okay? So from that point, uh, he teamed up with some guy, but I don't know what the guy's name is. I've seen him recently on some YouTubes. But there's this constant uh, field of uh, discussion, I guess one might say, our hypothesis towards science of consciousness. And they've got brain mapping going on, folks. You can watch it on YouTube. But they, they'll they never find all the parts of the brain. There's just too many billions and millions of them, billions, trillions, right? But Hamroff is the lead organizer for Tucson towards a science of consciousness meeting. He began in 1994, and he had roughly 300 people but since then, it's grown, and they do one in-country and out-of-country, apparently. So the formation of the Association for the Scientific Study of Consciousness, uh, it sponsors every two years a study of consciousness and meetings, as well as sponsoring seminars of the consciousness theory. Now, uh, they, they describe this conference as the Chronicle of Higher Education. Uh, as the Stewart Show, which his name is Stuart Hammeroff, okay, anything goes. So it's sort of like what's talking today, me and Mad, anything goes, folks, <laughs> when we talk. And metaphys- metaphysically, you try to wrap your mind around what are we? We're more than just our physical body. And this guy, uh, Stuart Hammeroff, was born in Buffalo, New York. And uh, I guess he's roughly 71 now, 47, what's 50? How old would that put him? I don't I didn't hear the date. I, I was born no. just north of Buffalo. 47. So Roger Penrose influenced him. He works at University of Arizona. But he's a really old guy. So he went to University of Pennsylvania, uh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh in Pennsylvania. But he's known for consciousness studies. That's why I'm using him. 
And so, uh, folks, if you can, read The Emperor's New Mind by Roger Penrose. And I guess this guy's got a book out, but I don't know what it is. But if it is, I'll probably buy it. Now, Carl Sagan, we can talk about the cosmos and uh, the criticism uh, that he received. Uh, He was uh, attacked by a physicist named Max Tegmark, who calculated that quantum states and microtubules would survive for only 10 to the 13th too brief for any significance for neural processing. But Hameroff and the physicist Scott Hagen and Jack Tuszynski uh, replied to Tegmar arguing that microtubules could be shielded against the environment of the brain and that Tegmar had used his own criteria for the reduction of the wave function and did not use Penrose's uh, which assumption behind the whole theory. Mm. In 2014, experiment confirmation of shielding Quantum coherence in microtubules was found by Anurban, oh my gosh, Bendo Padilla? That's hard to say. Well, you know, we know we're conscious. I mean, if, but we also know when we go to sleep, they say that we're in uh, alpha state. They use beta for conscious, alpha for semi conscious, you know, sleep state. So maybe we better look at how. How do we walk, talk? You know the autonomic nervous system. We do a lot of things without having to breathe. Like my daughter right now, so apparently you and me are making our own blood, and she can't anymore. So right. your bones make your blood. And see, this is just perplexing me because she's walking, talking. You wouldn't think anything's wrong with her other than she's starting to bleed out and has a bruise on her face. But, you know, a little red around her eyes, which is what happens. But consciously, something stopped working in her that's not making her physical body make blood. And they say it's because it, something's something broken down. It's something that isn't working. It, it's one of the and, uh, things that is subconscious that you don't have to think about. You don't have to think about making blood, see. That's one of the uh, subconscious actions that your autonomical body does that you don't have to think about with your conscious mind. It's done in your subconscious Parts of waves of the brain, waves of the brain. Now, I know that I've always been beta is, they're based on hertz, the wake consciousness. And alpha is uh, 7.5 to 14 hertz. That's deep relaxation. Theta, the light meditation and sleeping wave. That's, okay, so beta, alpha, theta. So that's the sleeping wave is 4, 7, to 7.5 hertz then delta is 0.5 to 4 hertz they call that the deep sleep I guess that's when you almost get paralyzed and can't move or something (laughs) delta state and then gamma they only go beta alpha theta delta gamma here as of 2017 that's not right but it should be 7 but they they chart 5 brain waves so gamma is about 40 hertz that's the insight wave so how does the brainwave contribute to the state of mind? I, I think it I think it should be like you said seven because it matches the chakras in the body. Yeah, we could color beta alpha theta delta gamma sigma tau, and he says tau. He tracks in the tubules. So uh, and I don't. My daughter used gamma. I always said tau before sigma, and I didn't know how she knew, but she came in smarter than me because we both died and came in with knowledge. 
through the universe and through the Akashic field. So she always told me that Tau became Four Sigma. And so Beta Alpha Theta, those are just names, folks, but they came from uh, Greek, Beta Alpha Theta Delta Gamma. And, and so they're basically these, put these the hertz. Microtubulars, mm-hmm. These microtubulars are actual fun, uh, fundamental process in, in uh, cells that uh, uh, division contribute cells. to the waves. Something to right. do with the and waves and the function of the brain. And they're studying how the brain works, but they're trying to map the brain. But there's so many tiny little parts, the neurons, that, you know, 10 billion neurons, uh, something. But, you know, studying what we are as spirit and consciousness, at least they break down the waves. So they study the energy, the electrical activity. How would you, the voltage going, you know, they break it down to the parts of the brain a brainwave and unlock your human potential. But I don't know. It's so funny talking about the physical reality, right, and the audio downloads because well, it's big in music these well, days. Well, the thing about it is that we don't, uh, we don't store memories in pictures and smells. We store memories in electrical currents and chemical reactions. That's how how did I just memory? Uh, and, and we, where are memories stored? What, that that's another. That's a good question. There, I mean, they they say <laughs> different the, places in the brain. Long is short, and and it's these, it's these different connections. The more you use the connections, the the stronger they get too. That's why. Well, they say there's a long and a short memory. Have you heard that? You have the short memory and the long memory. Mm -hmm. You know, over long term, you do it something over and over and over, and it sets and smells and and taste and sound and all that can bring back memories. Or you hear old song and you get teary eyed because your first girlfriend or. Like in my case, my first love that I married and had kids with, and then he's passed on. But that, that, that you one know, there's song that takes you back. <laughs> yeah, all that's part of something, but of what? And where is it? Is it in your consciousness, and, and it's stored somewhere? And is that stored in, in your, your brain or your soul? It's somewhere. Where in your are they kept? You know. Your subconscious sees everything, and I mean everything. And from every person you've ever met in your life, it knows their face, and it knows the it literally the color of their eyes. But your conscious doesn't need all that information. So your conscious, which would be your shorter term memory, doesn't remember these things. Well, but it's stored in your brain. It's stored in your brain somewhere. This is what we're looking at, consciousness and where is it in longevity. He's, uh, Ira will help us with uh, the longevity and the microtubules and the telomeres and all that. We'll get into the details, folks, of talking about how we live. And They say when our telomere the ends like little petals or something break off that we get Alzheimer's and we get old and we don't, wherever their thoughts are, we can't find them. But... Uh, Various parts of our mind, all parts of the brain communicate with each other. So they do that through waves, okay? So how different brainwave frequencies unlock your mind's potential? Woo! 
Well, but where's our soul and our spirit, and are they they're different? And people seem to think they are. Now, maybe if uh, let's say if our soul is an album of all the songs we've played, has all the songs or all the lives we've ever played on Earth. Let's say every time we come. We're in a different body or a different vehicle, like a car. We can swap cars. We come down, and we take memories back. But they say when we come through the veil down here into a baby, a newborn, that we forget everything we knew. And it's some kind of thing that we've agreed to when we come down to this particular location to learn about how to encode senses into our electrical impulses, which means... Are we just a wave and particle electrical impulse and we go back to the whole ocean symphony? They say we're just a drop in the ocean, right? So there's a vast array of nerve cells. They call them the neurons. And they work in little electrical stations. So they send and release and send and release chemical uh, electrical waves. So these waves travel around uh, along the uh, axons and dendrites to other neurons. So these are like little highways in our brain. And these nerves are floating around and going in use and unison and generating thoughts and movements and speaking and networks and you know make our organs work. And a lot of them are on what we're talking about, autonomic nervous system, right? I believe that's what it's called. Anyway, I don't know where that came from, but okay. But anyway, so the brain you know, has all these waves going on. And uh, when we've got them all going on at different hertz, so it's like playing several waves at the same time. But your delta waves are present in the unconscious mind when we're sleeping and dreaming and total deprivation. Uh, That's when you do your self-healing. And theta waves are when you're relaxing, you're sort of drowsy, slower rhythmic, uh, unexpected, unpredictable dream light, but vivid images so yeah, I guess I wonder if that's when you're – I don't know. I, I'd like to run one of those machines where they watch your eyes flutter, you know. <laughs> you're you're sort of in between, but they can watch your eyes flutter. Have you ever done one of those sleep uh, tests, Ahmed? No, I have never done one, no. I did, and uh, they told I'm, me – I'm either awake or I'm asleep. There's very little in between for me. You don't have a, a like a meditational state or a place where you can just sort of imagine or deeper breathe or anything like that. No, I'm Deep just way down and I'm out. <laughs> you're out. Wow. Well, you're talking about always having this mind going all the time, this uh, voice constantly. But I, I guess we got to look at what transforms. It, it uh, don't stop when I sleep now. <laughs> Well, beta-alpha-theta waves, uh, let's see, delta-alpha waves, uh, 8 to 14 hertz with state of but relaxed mind. So beta-alpha, when you're calm, and beta has a the higher frequency, 14 to 30 hertz. That's what I'm talking in right now. You and I are communicating in beta waves. Isn't that funny that they name I, our I conscious beta? Changing, I, I don't have a problem changing my... Uh... Outlook on on things, you know, I, I can go from mad to glad, and you know, just a split second. I, I don't have a problem with uh, uh, shifting my thought patterns, if you know what I mean. My, I guess you can call well, it brainwaves. You... I don't have a problem with that. Well, the higher ones, fourteen to thirty, is what we're talking in. But don't you have a, like a yogic 
uh, or a Tai Chi or a sit and meditate or listen to light meditative state music or, you know, alpha waves below just what we're talking. If it just I go sit down and relax and try to find uh, yourself the only out. The thing I do, do is I, before I go to sleep at night, I do uh, uh, a little uh, speak to the source. You know, I mean, some would call it prayer, but I I don't call it a prayer. I just call it a... Sending thoughts to a higher part of you or state of mind or God or right. uh, the all source of whatever created you in the trees and this world and all worlds, universally speaking. Once, Some people are, that aren't atheists that, believe in a source. Once I start that, I'm out, you know. Oh, okay. So you go to bed. Well, yeah, I do that every night too. So delta waves are 0.5 to port her are associated with deep psychosocial. Delta wave waves are in the unconscious when your mind's sleeping and dreaming. So beta alpha theta delta. See, I, now uh, I don't believe yeah, I, I I go to a position of dreaming. I believe I'm living another life when I'm asleep. So when your thoughts shut down here, now a lot of people go into, they feel that. They open uh, up there. <laughs> some just only feel they're, they're shut down and they go into a stasis. Of, what do they call it, where you can't move at all? And it, they they say it's a form, a, a level. State, you know? They can't move, and they have these dreams. And a lot of people think they're having uh, dreams, and others feel like they can't move. They go into panic or have a... Uh, like a nightmare or something, or their brain's working out various thoughts, or maybe memories, or saw something on television or movies or something, and you know, trying they it creeps back in their brain. So who knows? We need to study. I guess we could do a whole show on just dreams alone. But whatever it is, releasing. But it's still when you break it down chemically, we're water and electricity, electric stations, neurons traveling around the membrane inside, and they get electrochemical charges. And they say that it's on the external surface, but it releases over and over again. Cyclical electrical potential. <laughs> so when they put us to sleep, now he talks about, uh, but I don't see it in writing about the Tao. But I, it, if they're only doing to gamma waves, and I've been told that by a neurologist. Because remember when I was younger and I had that truck accident I went through. They said I was extremely brilliant before I hit my head. <laughs> but I'd already died a few times, so I didn't lose any of those memories of things that happened to me. I never lost any of my memory, but apparently I lost some of my intelligence somewhere along the line. <laughs> I don't think it leaked out, but where did it go? If we have old memories on a linear genetic timeline, which we use here on the planet, right, metaphysically speaking, we're all in a human form, and we know that we're here only for a certain time because our physical body decays. It's set up under oxygen, actually. That which we need actually kills us and decays us, and we need oxygen. So we got to have food for staying alive, self-improvement. But the bio waves, how different brave waves, and are we our brain waves? Are we conscious thought? And if our conscious thought is our brain waves, where do they come from? Outside of us? What do you think? Well, I believe that. That's part of the, you know, being a, a multidimensional being that we are. 
Well, I mean, we're here. We're the, the, this reality is is here for a tool, it, 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 just like time is a tool. It, it, it isn't a necessity for our souls. It's a necessity for this reality. But brainwaves. Science can't. Science can't explain that we can transcend this reality. Well, using EEG, EEG, electroencephalograph, you know, the machine, I've had those hooked to my brain. And they just try the try to find the waves and the different levels and said, I'm working completely fine. I have no abnormalities. Well, that's nice, but you, somebody can still think you're crazy even if these scientifically can prove you're not. <laughs> Depends on who you're talking about, right? But self-healing, the unconscious, and deep psychosocial thoughts, a lot of it is situational and programming and how we yeah, that morals. respond. I mean, morals is something that, you know, one, one person thinks a certain, certain thing is, is unmoral where the other person doesn't. A lot of it is conditional, What you and a lot of it has it's to do with... Uh, where you grew up, um, somebody down in Chicago, you know, south side of Chicago with a poor life may not know what one does maybe uh, in the richest part of uh, New York, maybe Manhattan, you know, different lifestyle. But uh, they may grow up hating each other based on the fact that one has and one has not. External factors of triggering uh, thoughts, you know. And why do some people want to kill other people based on, is it conflict and engagement in what our social conditioning is? I believe a lot of it is people take what they want and don't care what, uh, well, you know, I mean, some people use guns on other people, clubs on other people get violent. And all that's thoughts, too. And what makes people do that? Is it the way they were raised? Was it their parents? Was it their religion? Some of it's human Muslim. Some of it's human. Some of it's human nature. I mean, it's in our nature to be prejudiced. I, I know that sounds uh, really uh, bad, but when we were a tribal uh, people, we were prejudiced against the other tribe because they were taking our resources, what we needed to so, live with. So we it's survival. Prejudiced. Survival of the fittest? Yeah. Are the one that has no, that, the most. That was the start of prejudice, I think. Well, they were. The, they say the hunters and the gatherers. You hear that? That the the ones that grew food. And you know, if you go back to the Bible again in the beginning, which they say isn't the beginning because they made man in our image, our image. But all those books pulled together in the Gutenberg Bible, so to speak, are taking the old Sumerian Akkadian ideas and then came up to Greek and. Hebrew and whatever the other one was, uh, there's three, and pull them all together. And then Constantine, King, you know, he said, okay, we're all going to get together and, you know, bring all these occult metaphysical group people, <laughs> these pagan people, all these they, gods, they and we're going to have one god. <laughs> yeah, they actually took three Bibles and put them into the one. Well, they didn't call them Bibles back then either. They had all these different people yeah, that recorded. Uh, they were holy writings. <laughs> different scribes, I guess, and who knows why they chose the ones they did. But one major guy I've heard, but who knows? Well, you, know, you can study it, folks. That's a whole 
show too is just talking about how the Bible was created a, by a Gutenberg of, and a, a lot of our printed Bible. life today is what's been bred into us over eons through culture, mm-hmm. isn't it, and through, uh, through traditions and, and social behavior based on. You want to be like everybody else in order to survive. But if we go back to the hunters and gatherers, apparently we just, I don't know when, apparently fire, right? We were here, something brought us here, something made us and put us here. And a lot of people believe we came from the heavens. And, you know, a lot of the ancient Indians and stuff say we came from the underworld. But some say, well, that people from out in space universally brought us down here genetically. And the Anunnaki story is they brought the Ajiji with them. And the Gigi were supposed to help them because on their planet, they had gold they needed in the atmosphere. And uh, they know that sending up astronauts, and the, they use gold as a shield. So that sort of plays with today's thought and time is when we go into space, we need it. But anyway, they needed it, and they, the Gigi got tired of mining and said, hey, we're not going to do this anymore. So they created another species made with some apes or whatever or whatever was here, and made man, and they tried several animals, blah, blah, blah. But they came up with what we are, Homo sapiens, or Homo sapiens sapiens. So that's some of the story that everybody's sort of gotten used to. Yeah, i got a little problem with that, is if they were a space-faring race, it's easier to mine gold from an asteroid than it is to come here and create a whole race of people to mine gold here on the Earth. Yeah, it's just one of the stories. Whether it's real or not, we don't know. We weren't there, but you know, so people utterly subscribe yeah, to that now. So how we deal with our folklore, and I've got Ace Folk Life and started that in 2003, my husband and mother and people in Kentucky. But we were working like with the Smithsonian, and my, you know, it was good in the hills to do folklore and to learn what people thought. And people in the hills and the Appalachians, they had different songs, and we were doing bluegrass and country. And we were trying to get together and help people learn and, and record things. A lot of them, a lot of people I met couldn't read or write at all, and it was amazing that they. But they still could play music. They could play guitar, banjo. These people could play music like it was a language, and they didn't know about reading A B C D or how they did. They just knew songs. They learned by ear. Called it by ear. So, you know, through the ages, people used to didn't read and write a lot. That's why I think they hung on to the uh, church, the Roman Catholic Church and the Roman Empire. And the people on the top told the people, hey, these people from out in space, you know, we're part of them. And we're the ones chosen to lead you people and tell you what to do because we're connected to God. At least that's what a lot of the folklore a lot of the stories, the New Miletian, Bhagavad Gita, and you know all those stories, but that's up to each individual to decide what they want to believe. Being able to communicate doesn't mean you know just because you you can't communicate with a language or read or write doesn't mean you're not intelligent. Well, that's what I was saying about these people up in the hills and the people in Kentucky, and they could play banjos and mandolins and violins, fiddles, you know. And uh, that was absolutely amazing to me. And they all had their stories, some of them about Bigfoot, Yeti, you know, coming up on them. And they were real to them. They were stories. So I, I would collect stories and write them in the weekly newspaper and, you know, work with people. And I learned that I really did like people. I really did. And I believed uh, Einstein told us that the biggest thought that the most important thought anyone would ever have, any of us, is whether we think this world is friendly or hostile. Okay, that's the biggest 
most important thought. Is this a friendly or hostile world we live in? So you take everything well, that's, from that's that. That's whole attitude of how you, how you interact with the world. I guess so, because I've only learned of that today. <laughs> so it was fresh in my mind. Well, but we're if, talking about consciousness. Yeah, if you're going to be thinking the world's hostile, you're going to be on a defensive. Yeah, I guess he, and him dealing with World War II, you know, he was dealing during the war, remember, and Hitler, that's how he got over on the boat and came to America. And so we were very fortunate that uh, that did happen to some. So did you want to fight and think the world's hostile and kill everybody, or did you want to think it was friendly? So I guess to him, that was the most important thought in his lifetime. And maybe it is, because he wrote it. You can look it up. Look up Einstein saying that. You know, that the most important thought you'll ever have is whether the world is friendly Einstein or Einstein made hostile. a lot of profound statements. He, he made quite yes, a few profound statements. Uh, one, of the, one of the ones is that, that I find intriguing is that uh, we, we stand on the shoulders of giants. Yeah, which means that you know what we are what we are learning, and the the only way we're able to learn what we're learning is because of the people who are learning stuff before us. Well, you know, consciousness and how we communicate is extremely important. I named my company American Communications Online mainly because I can only speak American and not so well at that. And communicate, that's what I do, and online is my tool and what I use. So I named my company American Communications Online. I actually have a bank account named that and a business license named that. But under that, I use ACO, and I came up with those initials because way before with uh, the uh, stuff in Kentucky, you know, and before that was uh, my first company was ACIR, Assured Confidential Investigative Reports. Because I was an investigator and I did research for attorneys and the private investigator and then government. And I enjoyed doing study and research. And uh, it's all about the communicating of what I was finding. But life's a journey, whether we're conscious or unconscious. We call the Ascension Age, which I coined uh, for the uh, awakening and, and the growth of ascending higher, to a higher calling or a higher order or a higher discovery of oneself or unconscious to the higher conscious or they you hear people say we're awake and the awakening and the shift and when do you begin shifting to a higher consciousness so is it based just on your survival food clothing shelter or is it based on your history and your experiences of what you felt you're right those people don't have to just read and write to communicate it it was a way to discover or to leave behind for your family you know people or the genealogy or historically what happened in the past and we wouldn't know about the Anunnaki and the Gigi or the Numolish or the Akkadians or the Philistines or Sumerians you know but we found things written so yeah, some of us have a reason things, yeah and nowadays we write things for pleasure and you know shock value and stuff like that back then they wrote things that were extremely important and anyone wanted to pass on to the next generation so they didn't forget yeah, it was a long time before they started doing uh, novels, and now we do right. things for pleasure and stories about what's happening and you know, changing, like you said, the shock value. But uh, there is a story in writing and the history of the first novel and all of that, and back when Einstein – and I know Frankenstein has something to do in there. 
to keep us entertained. Remember the story of Fred, the woman that did that novel. But uh, I don't. Is that who it was? But that's an important part yeah. now because then and in movies, you know, and they but stacking up all the uh, dimensions or the books or the pages in a book and putting it together and making the TV. That's a whole the what they call moving pictures, <laughs> which literally was moving pictures, right? The photos and all of that to make uh, silent movies before they made put sound with movies. We've come a long way for something not knowing. Think about all the things we have discovered, but we still don't know what consciousness is. <laughs> True story. We, we don't understand. There's a lot we don't understand. We have a lot of hypotheses out there and theories, but we, you know, so, and we rely on these theories and, and think they're facts, and they're not. They're just theories. Well, they say the way that we're created and the way the world is, it really that we're a miracle that we exist at all because it just doesn't make sense. And you think about what intelligent design made us the way we are. And think of our skin. Sometimes, you know, if I think, you know, I start getting full of ourselves, but just feel your skin and, and the, the fact that you can wash just about anything off of it. I don't know that anything really sticks for good or if we've tried that, but... I mean, just your skin alone, it's amazing. We're very resistant, you know. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. It's like, wow, who made us? And how does your skin grow back? Sometimes well, it's scarred. Think, but Think about how complex the human body is. I mean, there's no way that it evolved in the time period that they said it, it, it did. It couldn't have. There's just not enough time for, for it to happen. So where did we come from? We go back to religion. I it, we go way back further than I think the Earth existed. Myself. So maybe we're just part of something. Thank you. Wait, do you think that we're, we're, consciousness created everything? Do you think that we're li- well, yeah, we are if, consciousness? If you believe in if you believe in source, that source consciousness created this reality. Well, then we get into oh, yeah. a glossary of terms and words agree. and how we talk. <laughs> <laughs> We're back to Albert Einstein, <laughs> general theory of relativity. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, if, go ahead. We got laws of so nature. If you think about it, if you think about it, I mean, it, it has to be consciousness created reality. Well, it's a phenomenon, and I know that's hard to describe, and we still don't even know what consciousness is and uh you know we don't know how to make ourselves live longer but i don't think take i don't necessarily agree that they're going to be able to take the brain and stick it in a computer and think that that's going to be the human because it's like the music where's the thought waves where's the they make him put the physical reality together but i don't think they can make the music play in other words they can have a machine i I don't think they can yeah i don't think they can trap the soul i I mean they, they can take the human body or the human brain, and hook it into a computer, but that doesn't mean they have it has a soul. That's just so. What is the soul? Of, that, that's the transcendent part of our reality that we're part of more than one dimension. So with with uh, them giving you a shot and 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 putting uh, giving you the uh, anesthesia. They're blocking that soul from using that organic matter. 
Well, this is a spirit of supernatural being, often but not exclusively a non-physical entity such as a ghost. That's from Wikipedia. <laughs> what is the soul, and is it different from a spirit, religious or not? Most people believe they have some form of a soul, which they loosely use like the human spirit. But still, now we got to have a, what is the spirit and what is the soul. Is there a difference between that? Now, you know, this has been up for controversy for years and years, and probably, I don't know, in our lifetime, you know, it'd be nice to think in the 2020 to 2035, we discover while we're doing AI the, the difference between the spirit and the soul, and where's consciousness, and what is consciousness, and how does, you know, do you find the God factor, the theory of everything, you know, what is the God gene, I guess, the uh, is there inner and outer attachment? Are we one or both? We're, we have an I and we have a we. But we also have a they because we're all one sense of belonging to a family, friends, colleagues. You know, we admit that we're all connected on some level. Maybe it's just electronically or empathically, a translation of words of what is soul, what is spirit, and how is it placed in the body? We know how babies are made in the human in the divide the cell, and we watch the zygote, and everything starts changing, and it grows. But when, you know, even the baby came out of me, and I watched, and then me and my baby were both, you know, I was dead, and she came out dead. But, you know, after they snuckled her out, snorkeled her, aspirated her, a little the stuff out of her mouth, well, I did four, but the one I'm talking about is the one I died with and watched from overhead. But my spirit was out of my body watching it. And, you know, it took her a while, and I was going to breathe, breathe, breathe before I ever left it. You know, went up traveling through the universe. But that, I saw my body laying there, but I saw something come into her, you know, after they had turned her upside down and she was blue and had the cord around her neck and stuff. So that was her body. But some people believe the soul and the spirit's there. I don't. I've seen too many babies born. Well, my babies, I mean, you, you see, and they have to catch their breath and all that. It's like when life enters the the physical body. So that's sort of, is that when the soul enters the body? Now that I ain't got no clue. Uh, I mean, it, but that's what it sounds like you're saying, that when they take their first breath. Yeah, when you're able to grasp a breath, the breath of life, is that when no the soul enters the, the body? Yeah, no longer part of the host or the mother. Yeah, because the, the, the cord's already right. been cut. The cord's right. been cut, and uh, the babies stand alone separately. But sometimes the baby's not breathing and dead and all that. And you can see it in animals, too. And I've birthed cats and dogs, and you know they're in these little circle uh, bags, and you have to break them, or the you know, cat or the dog has to open them and chew on them. I'd get them out before they I, breathe. I believe that, that animals have spirits, not Well, what if they have souls like we do? They're just, they're everything nature, trees and flowers, everything in, in nature, everything that's alive. They're proving that that has some type of the same energy that's in us. Well, I don't know that they call yeah, it a well, spirit or a soul. But well, two two sell like a sentient, roach. But they're not sentient. Well, what is sentient? Is it just because you have senses? 
No, because they're they saying they do soul. feel. They say plants, plants feel. But let me look yeah, up they sentient. Feel, but they're, they're, they, they can't make conscious decisions to get up and walk. All right, so sentient. A it says sentient. Yes. You know, but a plant perceive or feel things. So the, the the simple adjective sentient is able to. You're able to perceive or feel things. Now sentience ends like sentence, but add an I. S e n t i n c e. Sentience yeah, is the capacity to feel. Perceive experience subjectively. It was 18th century philosophers used the concept to distinguish the ability to feel in modern Western philosophy. Experience, sensation, sentience, sentient. Uh, well, what yeah, else would I'm, I'm it be? I'm not using the right word to explain what I mean. I think you are feeling things, sentience. They say a sentient being. Well, you know, plants, they, plants feel things and so do dogs, but like I said, I don't think they have a soul. You know, the soul is different than being able to feel. Yes, they're conscious. You know, I mean, our they plants are aware of the surroundings. Plants have different from humans, but they're uh, sentient non-humans. But they are not alive. But they are not sentient. Plants do not have interests. There's nothing that a plant desires or wants or prefers, because there's no mind there to engage in their cognitive activities. So I guess if you're a plant, you may want to beg to differ. I don't know. But are plants entering the realm of the sentient psychology today? So, you know, who's to really say unless you know what conscience is? So new studies are showing that plants are more intelligent than previously thought, and that was in 2015. So a mind without a brain. Ooh, that would be weird. A mind without a brain. The science of plant intelligence takes root. That was May 2018. A conscious. And are they sentient, as the big claims are there? But then when you're, you actually look at the paper, wow, animal rights. There's all kind of things on uh, our plant sentient. So, folks, that'd be cool. That'd be a cool subject. But are they conscious? Well, a debate over whether a plant would, is conscious. Yeah, a lot of people would say I'm nuts because I don't think animals have a, a, a uh, I believe a spirit. they have a spirit, but I don't believe they have a soul. Well, anything that can think or thought at a lesser level of, of essence, I wonder. Research suggests that plants have may a certain, have intelligence. a certain amount of consciousness. Well, an inner plant arouses the passion it, of even the mild manner. Is, is it Go conscious, ahead. though? I mean, is it would have a certain amount. A debate. A plant would have that a certain would be a amount debate. of consciousness. Yeah, it would have a certain amount of consciousness, but would, would would you be able to consider it conscious? Well, a machine uh, has a certain amount of consciousness too, but it you you don't we don't consider machines consciousness or or, or has a consciousness like we do. They say that Charles Darwin observed uh, that flora can't rest, that plants. Uh, they could communicate with each other. Fungi and animals releasing chemicals over their roots, branches, and leaves, so they communicate, and they supplied seeds and information. But you know, are they? Uh, they have nutrients, you know, and they feed. Indicates a sign of kinship. 
so they can do things. And then you have the animal, like bees that go from one to one to pollinate and stuff. But it says that in 2018 uh, that the plants had roots that then moved towards water, sensing its vibrations. They were trying to figure out how plants need to move towards water. Can you believe that? But they would. They would. Is it through acoustic vibes? How do they know to move? But they, this is 2018. Blant biotechnologist Devang Mehta said that uh, it is unreservably no for the question of whether plants are conscious. In a February article for Massive Science, plants are not conscious, whether or not you can sedate them. Huh? Uh, he <laughs> opposes the notion that plants can be conscious. Well, I guess so you can't sedate a plant. So he says, so they're not conscious. Well, then maybe, you know, 2035, that'll be different. But for right now, in 2018, they're saying that you can't sedate a plant. So it's not, therefore, it's not conscious. I don't know that that's a good argument. But it says the gray lady was making a major leap when it suggests that plants respond to anesthetics indicates intelligence, according to Meta. He explains, for one, definitions of consciousness and intelligence are hotly contested even when talking about humans and animals. Second, plants lack a nervous system, which has long seemed requisite for discussion of animal-like behavior. And third, the way in which many anesthetics function in humans is still a mystery. There's no reason why other chemicals shouldn't induce a response in any organism, let alone plants. So he thinks that it's a confusing quality and that humans is unnecessarily anthropomorphizing, venturing into territory of philosophers. Well, everything winds up being philosophy. Even science starts out. You've got to think about it philosophically and structure it you know, in order to perform it. And that goes to consciously. Have you, you, know, you notice you have to think something usually before you can do it? There's a chemical process in consciousness, right, that happens to make you self-aware and then you're meta-aware of your surrounding universe or everything outside of you. So I think most people will agree, I'm just saying generally speaking, folks, that we are conscious that there's us, an inside I, and I'm talking to somebody on the phone. I've never met a mad, but I, I'm assuming, making an ass out of you and me, right, Ahmed? Assume, isn't it funny they spell that, A-S-S-U-M-E, <laughs> assume, assuming that you are human. that little box on your on your desk. That's right. So, you know, the world's divided. So uh, are conscious and spirit the same thing? Or is, the, is there a soul that comes and goes? And that re- I think, I feel like when I was out of body and I wasn't in my body, that I was something outside my body. So that, therefore, I've always been able to do uh, bilocation out of body. But I have a part of me that lives way up somewhere and it feels like billions of years old. And it's like a point of origin, a speck of me. And yet when I went back and had past life regressions in Hawaii and, you know, by some registered nurses, I had qualified people and a psychologist there, you know, Dr. Laura Sturgis on my birthday. But I went back to Egypt and I found a black bird over me. You've heard the story, Ahmed, and Thoth. You know, I came out thinking I was Thoth or a piece of Thoth or they say Hermes Trismegistus our thoughts and things and people, but that fractally that people, pieces go off to be uh, stored at various places. I guess it's like blowing ashes in the wind, different people at different time. But if we're the same person now, why don't I have all the knowledge that he had, right? But some part of me believes in a memory. But where is the memory stored? Because 
I was deep in, uh, I wasn't in beta, I wasn't conscious. I was in the alpha state or meditative state when you go under. But when I was under, I had the like a television playing in my head in the pyramid. And it's still with me. It became a long-term memory. And these are things I've never had anybody intelligent, you know, at the levels that study the physics or the quantum parts of the brain. I guess this person would be one. But where did all that happen? You know, it's like you have dreams because they 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 tend to think that we categorize and put in in, in boxes. Oh, this is your brain, and this is your brain on steroids, or this is your brain on ketamine, or this. We can prove that, you know, this responds to this. And you know, if you do ayahuasca, you're off the in this other level of consciousness. You know, so what level we compare in based on biology and the expressions we use, but also the medications we use. But can your soul and spirit be separate? And I like to think that. Every time I come down to this planet, my spirit or that part of my soul, that fractal or that division is only a a small spark or electrical charge from like a lightning source. You know, you can see the lightning, but there's lightning there. What I was saying about about us being multidimensional, what we use here in this reality is only a small piece of what we actually are. Well, they say what we see here and feel enters our soul. I don't know if that makes any sense, but what's outside of us? So the impulses we feel, a quick urge to go to the bathroom, you know, these are maybe autonomic nervous system again, I don't know. But some things were on automatic pilot, but what about the things that aren't? And that stimuli from the outside, even a plant with energy and oxygen and light, and goes towards the water, will turns a flower will turn towards the sun for heat. And energy, you know, so certain things we just do, some things we have laws of nature and we have laws of humankind. We have suggestible, suggestible laws, you know, like, well, if you burn your finger, you're going to get hurt. If you put, you know, put your finger in the fire over there, you know, or on the stove, and I've got a burn on me right now, come to think of it. And I burnt myself and forgot about it, and the next day my finger was hurting. I'm like, what? And there was no mark or anything. But finally, the next day, it turned brown. You know, where the I had skinned it, but you couldn't see it today. I was like, why is my finger burning like that? But I, I didn't even remember burning it when I was cooking, right? But it burnt. So some things we can feel, but we can't see. And it still didn't register that I'd burned my finger the day before. All I know is something was burning and I couldn't see it on you know, my finger. But it translated finally when I could see it. Oh, yeah, you burnt your finger that night. You touched that side of some pan, and you just forgot about it, you know. But anyway, spirit and soul. I, I want to think that soul and spirit has something to do with self-awareness of life inside us and outside us, exoteric and esoteric. But self, I don't know, sentience. Uh-oh, Janet Lesson's calling me. Hold on. Hey, Janet, I'm on the to- live with a mad painter. <laughs> yeah, you want to call in or you forget? I'm doing it right now. You're on. You're live on the air. Uh, Mad's on. All right, well, call in 347. Okay, bye. Okay. All right, so Janet can come play, I guess. She's, yeah, she can come talk about this because there would be another perspective, folks, the physics of our universe while we're talking about consciousness and 
and spirit and soul and the basic building blocks of why are we here? <laughs> we, we, we have a dual uh, duality perspective or aspect in this in this reality. The the spirit and the soul. The spirit might be the duality aspect of our soul here. Well, I just use the spirit to come and go like a song and on a record player, and then all the spirits that come down here come back to my soul, return to my soul. It's just the way I think about it, and make one big record, you know, one lifelong or eternally, infinity, eternal spirit, or I don't know, maybe it's the opposite. Maybe every time you come down, you get a soul and go back up to one spirit. But Janet's here now, too, but go ahead. I also believe our spirit has to do with emotions. Emotions, feelings, and thoughts. They usually go together. Yeah, because emotions, I mean, be feelings, and thoughts. And, and, yeah, somebody, that would be considered your, your spirit. You know, your spirit is, you know, being passionate at certain things. Let or me uh, update people. Let me update Janet. Janet, uh, Ira at the last minute had a conflict. I don't know if it was family or what. He didn't tell me. But he wants to do a show Monday night. So I said, sure. So a mad happened to be here. And I had some people on, in my Facebook that wanted to listen to a consciousness show tonight. So I had to come on and do the show. I was going to cancel it. And then I tried to write over it and couldn't. So a mad and I have been talking about it. But we've been going in every which way possible so no method to the madness here if you want to jump in but right now we're discussing consciousness and the soul and the spirit and we've gone all over the levels of consciousness and theta and waves and chemical and you know i told him about uh the guy i told you about Stuart hammeroff and tucson and the science of consciousness and all that and anesthesiology so just so you know it's going to be a whole plethora it's a symphony of thoughts, and, and but it's words, and, you know, we are part of our social uh, way of thinking, so, uh, but uh, Mad, tell it, say what you said, because people are following that train of thought. Say it one more time so she can jump in here, what you yeah, were just I can, talking I about. Yeah, I two cents, but go ahead. Mm-hmm. I, I was saying that I, I don't think that the animals, I, I don't believe animals have soul, I think they have spirit. Uh, and uh, which a lot of people think, you know, spirit and soul is two different things. I think there are aspects of, you know, that spirit is an aspect of the soul that we, you know, that is usually in most humans is, is controlled by emotions. That's pretty much sums it up right there, I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, what's your um, opinion? Well, you, I was, there are two I, different. I have... Yeah, I was looking at um, reading the Michael Newton Institute, uh, Life Between Lives. They have a number of um, different. Sorry about that. I, I don't hear it. They have a number. I have about four or five books about people that they've uh, regressed, and they take them through hypnosis to their lives between lives, and they've done forty thousand plus cases over the last forty plus years. And what they found that's pretty consistent is that, you know, when you die, you have commonalities, like you're met by your guide, you go to your council, and you end up in your group. And what they they discovered is that there is a, a main, let's call it the soul. And the soul can send fractals down into many uh, lifetimes. 
So that might be what you're calling spirit. It's like a fractal. But the a part of the, the soul always remains on the other side. And that's like the recorder and, it, and, and all the little spirits or fractals come back and reunify with the main, uh, what's called a soul, that remains on the other side and, and has the record of all the incarnations and wherever this soul can go. The soul can go send a fractal to um, other planets. They tend to reincarnate without, within a certain sphere, but, you know, not all, not all fractals or spirits of, originate from this sphere, uh, from the Earth plane. You know, they might originate from another planet. So, But um, people visit. They send fractals, fractals of their souls down, and they have little vacation lives here on the planet, or they're exploring what it's like to be human. So it, it's very diverse. But I invite you to read, and there's some um, YouTubes from the Dr. Michael Newton Institute on Life Between Lives, and very... Um, you know, it's kind of like that witness, uh, testimonial type proof evidence. And there's so many cases, it's overwhelming. And it doesn't matter what your belief system, you could be Catholic or Buddhist or Muslim, but they all are reporting the same thing, basically the same thing, where they go when they die. So that's my two cents. Well, there's different states of being and encoding, that's for sure. And they say that most of the uh, thinking and the feeling and coding, you know, we can't keep it all in our brain. There's just, you know, not, but the, there's billions of neurons and they have working on brain mapping. So folks look up how, what part of your brain's firing what, what, you know, the neurons and all that and the dendrites and the axons and all that. But we come in with a, a blank blackboard, so some people think. Others come and find and become awake and find their past lives and how they all, and that's what happened to me. I intermixed them together. And I'm still doing that. So incoming sensory information, once you get here, it may open up to a broadcast globally to the outer universes, because I believe in multi-universes. And we're talking about cognitive systems, whether or not we'll be processing in the AI, too, in the future, Janet. We're talking about, could you put your brain inside the computer at the 10 to the 27th versus 10 to the 16th? with Ray Kurzweil and stuff like that in the singularity. But a network of neurons, and there's so many, they can't even map them. It's going to take them, like, forever, the people. And they're brilliant scientists and stuff. But every time they get in and start color coding different parts of the brain, they find other parts of the brain, the little neurons. And they're also – it's like a big universe inside a universe inside a universe, the little little pockets everywhere, you know, of that, where are they storing all this – Information and then even if they find out how it all works like a computer, conscious they say that consciousness cannot be computed. It can be built and structured into a system. So what is the soul and what is the spirit? So we have challenges ahead to map the brain and find out what the soul is and what the spirit is. And people are saying they're not the same thing. And some say cerebellum, some stay in the parietal go. In other words, we're located different parts of the brain. But, Janet, I had told, uh, well, on this show about me going down when a child and was so sick that I sunk back down in my brain and I was swimming around and I felt like I was in prison. And I remember coming out and being conscious and seeing my aunt and my mom up over me, but I was so sick I was 
not able to go to the bathroom, laying on you know towels and all that. But I, I had been really sick the year before with uh, hepatitis and nearly died in the hospital and did die and had the out of body. So, you know, I went back into my brain, but I sunk down and could feel myself. But uh, you know, some of the doctors I touched I said that's not possible. You can be inside the surface, or you're on the outside of the brain. You're on the surface. You're not on the in the cerebral cerebral cortex. But you're not on the inside. But I was swimming around, and to me, it looked like a brain. Once I got mature in my you know, 50s and started trying to put it all together, my life story, I was like, no, I know I was inside my brain. So your consciousness can go out of body. It can also sink down into your physical body. You don't want to be that deep where consciously you can't get out. Believe me, you feel trapped. You feel like you're in prison. It's terrible. So, you know, these are reflective behaviors that we want to start Helping people, you can self-diagnose, you can be diagnosed by another person with more education, possibly a Ph.D. or a medical doctor, but you can also self-diagnose based on what you've experienced. It comes down to being conscious of what are we controlling in our databases, and will we ever find out what we really are, conscious soul, spirit. But Janet, we'll have to look at that Newton thing and all the people. So when we start comparing stories, we unfold a bigger, uh, I don't know if you'd say consciousness, but we at least another way to communicate to feel like we can increase our observation, right? Why do we do these shows, for instance? (laughs) Are we helping the the collective consciousness? Actually, Janet was confirming what I said that you know that we're just you know we're multidimensional and we we only using a piece of our soul here in this okay. particular right. dimension that you know in this this reality that we're experiencing together right now. So, are we really here, or is this an illusion? That's a big thing now too. No, we're not. Quantum really dynamics. We only think we only think we're here. What is here? Well, remember the movie Avatar, Matrix and the Avatar. That that goes back to saying that consciousness creates reality. Right. We're making this all up. Just remember that. If you don't like it, change lanes, switch channels. We're making it all up. Well, everything goes back to your own philosophy. But we still have here, you know, you can go out and get hit by choose choices. Most of us, if we're not brain uh, impaired, I guess one might say, if we have all our faculties. You know, are, we're all living in a universe, but some have laws about what's matter and what's not matter. And I used it a while ago about my finger. I burn it, but I forgot to burn it. And then the next day, my nerves were really exposed to the air and were burning. And, you know, the nerve endings were, in, but I couldn't see anything on my finger between my, you know, the digits on your finger next to my thumb, my first pointer, I guess. But in between my hand and my the first digit on that finger, the pointer finger, and it's burned length long. Now I can see it. So it took two days to turn brown for the skin on the top, but the next day it was raw. But I couldn't put it together because I'd forgotten I burnt myself. But it was the feeling, you know, but I couldn't see it. And I was like, what's wrong with my finger? Because I couldn't see a thing. It was just some kind of light burn. But it took two days. Now I've got a brown piece, I don't know what you call it, where the part, the bare part of my skin that got burnt, now I can see it. But it wasn't until I saw that, Janet, two days later, that I went, oh yeah, my memory then recalled, uh, you know, pulling a a cookie sheet out of the oven, and when I 
picked it up out of the oven somehow I grazed the top of the oven that was you know on at four hundred, but I burn it ever so slightly, but you know that's feeling emotions and nerves, and they say you have to have a cerebral cortex, but you just have to have uh the uh what was the stem your brain stem right I guess that's the reptilian in us we gotta have that brain stem or is that the the first brain is the reptilian brain, but we're not yeah, our brain the stem is the reptilian. Yeah, we have to look is at it? the configuration of the brain. Um, what is a brain? Yeah, I mean, it's a physical thing, but where does our, where do we, where are we in our body? <laughs> you know, where's the soul? Where well, where are you brain? when you say that? Should we have a, a workshop on that? Where are you? We have an inner and an outer reality. I don't have that answer. I don't have that answer. I mean, there's what scientists say, but what do they know? Right? It's all speculative. Um. Yeah, these are deep subjects. I wasn't quite prepared. Uh, I'm looking up the brain. That's what I was doing. The brain. Uh, let me look at some images on the brain. You're looking at the brain stem and the parts of the brain, right? Okay. Where are we? That's well, we can at least that. break uh, down those parts of where, the brain. Where does the soul reside in the body? Um, what, All right. Know, what, what well, I feel it in my nervous system. I know and people discuss the heart it. and the brain. The heart the has a brain. Shows. I watched, you did. I watched all the doctor shows. Yeah, I've been watching them. They were fun. And um, so they, they have a part where they go, they're brain dead, and we're keeping them alive by, you know, machines. And the machines oh, we discussed that. Them. Right. Yeah, and what so is brain dead? Breathing, heartbeat, blood pressure, swallowing, dead? all that. Yeah. So somebody that's keeps the brain head dead. Can you never come Vegetative back state. your brain dead? Um, so, you know, we need to think these thoughts because there will come a time, uh, and this is what we explore in our secret space program and in our literature in the past, that the dead have, were revived, right? And they, they can revive them up to three days or whatever. And then Well, that's when they, they drop the body. They could, what they about could this frozen? longer. Hypothermia, they were brain dead, but they had severe hypothermia below 28 degrees centigrade, right? When they well, were declared, the, the but they came back. Yeah, so we had people who had been brain dead. They had a couple episodes where just somebody was frozen, and they brought them back, and they warmed them up slowly. And then at a certain point, they, they shocked. They like to shock the heart. And then sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, they call the time of death. They go over to the loved ones and they say, "We're so sorry for your loss." And then the loved ones have an emotional reaction, and then they say, "We did everything we could. We are so sorry for your loss." And they're trained to do that. They're trained to be able to announce to the loved ones that their person has passed, and to not overly react to the reaction that the people the loved ones have to the you know, passing of their person. So, um yeah. So where is the where is the soul where what is I you know, I'm not an expert on that. I can only speculate. But Well at least part of our consciousness is supposed to be in our brain and our mind tell our nervous system. But we had the autonomic nervous system and we were discussing that too, because the nerves and like me feeling my finger you know, but my soul feels it, but at least something does because I'm burning. I mean, if you feel pain. We're here with thoughts, feelings, and emotions, which, you know, we were just getting into with a mad painter here. 
Thomas Becker, thoughts, feelings, and emotions, how all that is important. And we're on some levels we can be using, and I can be in uniform and uh, take an oath of office to serve my country for against foreign enemies, you know, or domestic enemies, both foreign and domestic. If they're my enemy, then I have to defend my country. But then do I become Spock-like and start taking orders without my emotions? Am I programmed? Am I trained to be a super soldier? So I don't respond to people, please don't kill me. I'm just a human, you know. And like, well, why are you here? Are you a terrorist? You know, that kind of, those thoughts. So we're conditioned with thoughts, feelings, and emotions. Are to block certain thoughts of moral, and we didn't get very far in morals, did we, Ahmed? Your morals, your ethics, your <laughs> well, culture. I, I we didn't go down that rabbit I have hole. I have different morals, I think, and values than a lot of people, but I I come from an extraterrestrial perspective, and I've always had that strange and strange land phenomenon, and I'm looking at this world and humanity and uh, how cruel people are to each other, and it just, uh, it, it, I, I'm like Spock. I, it never made sense. It's, uh, it's illogical. It's just illogical uh, how we treat each other, so... So what is well, they, most of them don't think dualistically. You know, this is a dual. This whole, this this, whole this is set up duality. Is this With is sun and moon, and light and dark. But this we have nature. Self and not self. We have, you know, the enemy. You said it earlier. Who? I mean, how do you survival? The enemy. The enemy of the. By survival, you want to live. Okay, and we so went how there do too. You know that? You want how to survive. You know someone is, but how do you know they're really an enemy, or it's just your perception of them as an enemy? How do you know? Well, there's also the laws of nature. You don't know you're going to die in an earthquake. You don't know you're going to get killed in a tornado like just happened over in Alabama. I think Trump came through yesterday. Right, but right. the thing is, we don't. We're, we're subject to laws of the universe. There's universal laws, laws of nature. And then we have the survival instinct, and that is supposed to be a natural ingrained in our nature to survive. So we have well, to do a whole show with consciousness and longevity. Yeah, yeah and when I man, I hate that when that happens. Fighter, yeah, a panic attack. Right, can I say my sentence? Okay. The reptilian brain is where we have fight or flight. It's our one trial learning. So if you if you go and you put your hand on a hot stove, you're not likely to do that again. Right? So you get that. That's um, that's your survival part. But, you know, I'm not an expert on the brain. Um, here's the uh, function. So what's our purpose of talking about the brain? Because I'm not a doctor. Well, um, if consciousness means... Being with knowledge, of, can a plant live? We talked about that. But we're trying to look for the soul and so what's the difference the between the soul and the spirit. It's just because it's sentient. We were, Are you talking about sentient? It can't be sedated. It can feel, and it has it knows certain things, but it can't be sedated. So there's a controversy over whether you know, nature sets up certain rules. What do you mean it can't be sedated? I, don't know, I mean, what do you mean by it can't a be plant, sedated? Well, this about? is one of the arguments is that a plant is alive. It has feelings, emotions. It knows how to get, grow towards water, turn towards light. You know, it, it, it's like uh, 
uh, certain people will argue that, or certain organisms, you know, bacteria, maybe one cell or whatever can live and can spawn and you know have have things. But other things, maybe two, anyway, can or can't. Are they conscious? Do they have a soul? Do they have a spirit? And if they if they can think, is consciousness just meaning that you're self-aware or meta-aware? And uh, they're they're starting to prove that everything in nature of some type of consciousness exists. But this one guy was saying, uh, what was his name? Devang Minta, he's a plant biotechnologist, said that it's, uh, his says no, plants are not conscious because uh, he did a, a massive science article in February. He said plants are not conscious whether or not you can, whether or not you can sedate them. He vehemently opposes that plants uh, that plants can be conscious. He vehemently opposes the notion that plants yeah, can there, be a, conscious or intelligent. Yeah, there's earlier today that do trees have feelings? Do plants have feelings? And here's on the Telegraph News. Yeah, one expert says they do. I, I didn't get to read it, but I, I saw one this morning. It was interesting you're talking about that. Um, huh. That is interesting. But wasn't it Tesla that said that consciousness can any any collection of molecules like a you know like a plant could become conscious? They have the potential for consciousness. But are they? Well, if you believe in a god, everything is god, and everything is conscious. Everything is god. <laughs> everything, all particles and waves. We were talking about AI yesterday. And it, you know, what's there's there's nothing artificial because everything's of God. So everything, every little thing, everywhere. So that nothing's artificial. So that's a spurious dichotomy that this is uh, artificial. This is real. Um, they so know plants communicate with each yesterday. other. We're talking yesterday about AI, but anyway, there's a bunch there, of articles. Yeah, there there, there is a difference between. There, there is a difference between being divinely creative and man-made, though. But aren't we divine? I mean, everything's divine. So if we're creating divinity, then we're just creating more divinity. I mean, if we're if we're divine, then but we're, we're I mean, we can't we're not a divine, divine. But we're not a we're not a totally divine creature. We're not God ourselves. What, what do you mean by divine? What do you mean by divine? We may be made from something divine or a piece right. of something divine. The overall ocean, but we're really just a drop in the ocean. That's the one that people use. We're water. We're mostly water, 87 or so. I don't forgot the percentage. But we go back of, to the ocean. But now the call. ocean isn't God, or is it? Depends on your well, analogy. Of God. Everything is of God. God is omnipotent, omniscient. It's perfect, and everything's perfect. It's our perception that it's less than perfect. You know, even the, the polarity, the, the good and evil is all of God, of source. It all originated from one, you know, being or whatever, one oh, I agree with source. That. I call it source. So that yeah, it's above dualism it's, for teaching. Yeah, it's above dualism. It's above so positive, negative, red, black, white. Right. Yeah, it's above all of that. Participant, we're the observer participant, and we are the ones that have the perception. And so if we step above our perceptions, above the matrix, above the duality, okay, everything's perfect. Um, you know, so that was that remember those those two books, um one and let's see, it was um it was Richard Bach, right? Richard Bach he had this thing where he ended up getting killed. It was one and the other one, um oh, it was before the Celestine prophecy. It was the original 
New Age metaphysical book in the 80s that everybody's reading. I'm going to look it up. Richard Bach. But they anyway, say nature versus bad. nurture is false. Wait, let me finish they say nature bad. versus nurture. The bad thing about that is... The bad thing about that is is that you're saying that it's been been a atom bomb going off in Hiroshima was a divine action. Everything. So nature versus nurture. Everything at the highest level. Illusions. The adventures of uh, Richard Bach. All things come from one. Right. Everything comes from one. So on that level. But, I mean, do we like it? We, We are the ones here having judgments. We have our... Prejudices. We have our biases. We have our our boxes, our morality, and, and we're the ones who put it in there. And that's perfect too. I mean, that's what we're dealing with right now. We're dealing at a planet where people are at odds with each other because of our perceptions. But you know, most people think they're doing good things. But what might be good? Oh, we're out of time. Might be deadly for the other. Oh, we're out of time. Okay. Yeah, we're out of time already. Well, it was pretty good considering we didn't know how what we were going to do since Ira didn't show up, I guess. Now, he said Monday, but I don't usually do Mondays, but Ahmad does. So 10 o'clock Monday night, Ahmad. But uh, well, yeah, if you want to get Ira. So with that other, the other person, Ahmad. Thursday and Friday. With, no, we Monday, do Thursday. Ahmad, aren't you doing the show with the lady we had on yesterday? Um, Deborah, Debbie, on Monday. I haven't talked to her about doing a show. Oh, well, she thinks you're wrong with her because I got an email. And I thought TJ sent it to me. Debbie Solaris. Um, I wants to be on your show I Monday night. I to do a show it, Well, Monday. I got a guest for Monday night. It's Monday okay, week. I tell her talk. Monday week. Okay, yeah, I've, I've had Jim I, I Wilson. I out of the middle. But, <laughs> yeah, why don't I just Winks send you her information? On. Yeah, I, I can get a hold of her and talk to her, you know, but uh, I've got okay. uh, Jim Williamson coming on Monday night to talk about the uh, hollow earth and Bible and aliens. <laughs> what's his name? Okay. What's Jim his, Williamson? What's the name? Ken Williamson. Uh, Jim. Jim. Jim Williamson. Yeah, he's he's okay. a, a, a preacher, and he's been doing this for years. He's got a website uh, about hollow earth. Yeah. So he has the he's Christian pretty good. I've had him on before. He's, he's he's an awesome guest. Oh, cool. Okay. He Is he, he pro aliens? He does his own radio, his own radio show, show. But on Monday nights, but he's going to postpone his show to come on mine. Huh. Nice. Wow, that's interesting. Okay, yeah. well, somebody tell. Uh, did you talk to Debbie? Because I didn't talk to her about coming on a mad show. Did you talk I, to I her? I didn't talk to her. <laughs> why, I didn't, but did I'll she, talk to her. You sent me an email, TJ, that she's coming on the show on Monday. I didn't talk to her about that. Where did she get that? I didn't send you the Monday show. You. Yeah, it came from you. I didn't talk to Debbie. Yes, you did. Did I have Nobody her on, did. Do I have no, her on I didn't. Skype or did I call her on a phone? I don't know, Debbie Solaris that we were talking to. I haven't talked to her, Janet. (laughs) Except on the radio show. I told her to come back tonight if she wanted to. That was tonight. Remember, I invited her tonight. I'll find it. Okay. Anyway, um, 
Okay. Well, I was just there Thursday and Friday. You sent this. Matt um, Painter would like to have you on his radio show, late Monday, 10 p.m. Eastern, okay, on Revolution Radio. And he said, here But not this month. Oh, okay. oh, that was last night when my... Oh, I was talking with a mad last, was it last night, a mad, when we were on the, afterwards on the uh, Skype, right? And he yeah. mentioned he'd like to have her, so I said, well, I'll tell her. But it didn't say this Monday, but okay. I, I know now. But I said it while he and I were talking on Skype. That was yeah, Skype. Just send me your okay. information, and I'll, I'll get a hold of her. Okay. Oh, okay, so that was what, a mad and I were on Skype. So that's what it was. And he does Monday at 10, because I asked him, well, what time is it? And I'll ask her. He just said he'd like to have her. But also he wanted to have Ken Johnston. And uh, I hadn't told Ken. Sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did, Ken. I, when uh, Mad, you and I were talking. Remember, Ken was on Facebook. So I told Ken. Mm-hmm. But you're right. But it wasn't emails or talking to him. It was uh, just at that particular time. Yeah, it was, but yeah, okay, so now we know how that goes. Because, yeah, Janet, usually you book everybody, but now we're all doing our own because we're doing different nights. It's real confusing. All right, so if we can pass them around, they can do on different shows with different people. And even though you have the same person, it sounds different, and people ask different questions. Yeah, I try not to get Janet's guests. I don't want her to think I'm there for these things, so I get her guests, you know. I think so. Face them out, it's fine, you know, just do it a couple weeks later or a month later or something. I think it's fine. Yeah, rotate them. Like rotate well, I, d- I yeah. don't want you thinking I was trying, you know, being there just to steal your guests. That ain't the reason I'm doing oh, it. I, I would think y'all do a good show, and I, I like I like the fact that you, you do it. And I know you're in uh, Hawaii, and sometimes you have connection problems, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, so, both of you guys, Herb Anthony, look up Herb Anthony. He's a musician. He calls himself like a, he's a paranormalist, Pleiadian type of musician. But, Janet, you said last night on the show that you were making a list of musicians, and he should be listening tonight. I don't know if he still is, but Herb, uh, Herb wants to come on and talk about his paranormal experiences, and then he may play some of his music live. On the show, so well, we need to, we'll do that. need to send me their info or have them contact me because I just it's on uh, Facebook. It's not on Skype. I don't. I well, I gave him your name and phone know. number to book okay. on my show. I don't want to really call. I'd rather have emails to Aquarian Radio. I can handle that. I know. I tell call them to email me, but they don't do it. Well, they don't like to the email. Know, they want uh, to get in touch with me on Facebook. What? Oh, Anna, do you know Merle Frankenhaus? Oh yeah, yeah. We had him on. He's good. Mm-hmm. You yeah, him on? he's 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 good. I like him. Yeah, he just oh, came on the show last week. Merrill Frankenhouse. Oh, Herb Anthony. He's in Rhode Island. Herb H E R B, like Herb Alpert, but he's Herb Anthony. A N T H O N Y. Yeah, paranormal experiences. He wants to talk paranormal experiences, but he's a musician. So he won't, he likes to play his far out music. So he put him with Meryl Funkhauser in uh, that Huckabee that was on my some of my CDs. We need a whole list of ET music people separate. But remember, we haven't had Huckabee on what yet a, either. Scott Huckabee. One of Meryl's no. tunes went went to space on a Russian spacecraft. A recording What's that? One of oh. Meryl's songs. Russia chose it to put it on an album, and they sent it up into space. 
Oh, wow. wow. He, he debuted on mine and Mark's show a few years back. It was his debut. Whoa, we didn't even mention that when he was on our show. That's cool. Well, Matt uh, and Janet, uh, uh, Ira agreed today to be with our ACO Association, the three of us, and said we can give him a title. I don't know if we want to do research and development or biological or product development or <laughs> contact door, but y'all think about it, and we'll give him a title. But I'll let him know we're not doing Monday, but we'll do him. when Janet, just get back with me and Ahmed. And Ahmed, I've got some people that come on my show, too. And But Herb Anthony, remember him, and he's on Facebook, Ahmed. Find him on Facebook. You know, a lot of people only do Facebook. They don't want to do emails. So it's amazing. Yeah, I, so, I, Janet, I, I don't know. Yeah, I I yeah you do Facebook. Skype. Facebook. No, I do. Well, I Matt do only email. does Skype, right? I say, if you really I, I want to come on my show, yeah, send out your bio. I put them on my calendar. That makes an email. Um, you know, I get them more. I get them organized. I corral them down. Facebook is too crazy. You can't find shit on Facebook. <laughs> it disappears. Yeah, it, it's My husband chaotic. will come in and say, <laughs> it's chaotic. He'll say, come and look at something on my Facebook, and there's been... Nine million things, and I can't find a shit he put on Facebook, you know, two or three hours earlier. It's just crazy. Uh, it all depends yeah. on how many people are filling your timeline. <laughs> well, I guess hey, you got a lot of people on a timeline. Yeah. Go ahead. I guess we, I think we've been, you know, I've been recording all this time, even though it's been off. It's the time's off, but it'll still be on the recording. So I guess people in the end of this one will learn a lot of our business. <laughs> well, <laughs> about booking people. <laughs> all right, well, it'll, we'll have to hang up. All right, so, uh, all right, well, let's get back together. And, Mad, uh, so remember uh, Solaris for Monday week, maybe, and then Ken Johnston two weeks later, because remember his back's torn right, up right I now. Need her, I need her information. How do you want to do it? Telephone. We need oh, okay. We need, um, I don't have Debbie a... Solaris. You send I him Debbie's, send that, and I'll send him Ken's. Send I just sent that mad. to you, Matt. I just sent you, Amanda, you Debbie What's your email? Is that the one? Have you been getting my emails, Amad? Do you get them from me? Uh, the I Mad Painter email? Know. I don't know oh, if I got uh, from you. It's the oh, great. I think, at yahoo.com. Yeah. Okay, Mad13, not Gmail. Painter 13 at Yahoo. Yeah. All right. Well, Janet, yeah, if you can send him one. Email. All right, well, uh, Ken Johnston on Facebook. It's the one, Mars1Astronaut at Gmail. I think I told you that, but Mars1Astronaut, one spelled out. All right, well, I'll try to send you a Yahoo, Mars, wait, a Mad Painter 13 at Yahoo. And uh, anyway, Ken Johnston and Solaris, and then you make your calendar. It's it's the Mad Painter. Oh, no, I'm not sending you the Mad Painter 13. No wonder, okay. The Mad Painter, or the, as you said. All right. The Mad Painter. Janet, you've got it, but let's make sure he gets Ken Johnston's phone number. You and I both have it. Okay, Ken normally does Fridays. He just was sick last night with his back. All right. Well, love you guys. Thank you. And, and yeah, uh, just, I don't even know who's coming on Thursday. He's what? He's just one of them guys that I haven't talked to in the UFO field that I'd like to because he was an astronaut, you know. Ken Johnston, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll send it to you in an email. All right. The Appreciate a Mad Painter thirteen at Yahoo. 
Okay. Well, thank you guys for helping me out. Thanks, Janet, for coming okay. on the last few minutes. And, uh, yeah, Friday okay. nights, and we covered. All right. Thanks. And I don't know who's coming on Thursday, so call me. All right. Thank you, Amanda. Please come back any anytime you can, and we'll get you more people. Y'all have a on y'all have Sundays. Good All right. Thanks. Good night. Good night. All right. Good night. Here we go. Is anything happening?